Feeling inspired by hosts Ron and Tyler to work on your health? The Movie Buffs podcast is brought to you by Time to Train Fitness, your home for on-demand workouts for every level of fitness. Exercise with amazing certified instructors that want you to push through any barriers. At Time to Train Fitness, you'll find quality workouts across six class formats, including indoor cycling, HIIT, bar, yoga, strength training, and dance cardio. Stream brand new classes releasing every week in our 450 plus on-demand workout library. Use the link in the description to view all of the membership options and to start a free five-day trial. Get ready to press play on your next workout. Hello, movie buffs, and welcome to an episode of Back Day. My name is Tyler Valencia, and I will be your host for this episode of Back Day. If you're new to Back Day, what does that mean? What is a Back Day episode compared to the other Movie Buffs podcast episodes? Our Back Day episode is one half of the Movie Buffs duo, and there's no added pieces in it, so that means we're just getting to the goods of it. No news, no sketches, nothing of that nature, just the movie. So what can you expect in this episode? Well, for one, I'm not going to be screaming, singing, or doing any of the other weird stuff that Ron, my co-host, does. So I can probably say that your ears will appreciate this episode that I have planned for you. The movie I planned for you is The Kingsman. This released just last year, so 2021, and at the moment, it's currently available on two of the big streaming platforms. Hulu and HBO Max. So it's something that you can go watch. It's a cheap date or a cheap family movie. Not sure if you'd watch it with your family, but probably with a significant other would be a good decision. Now, The Kingsman is actually different from the other two movies. This is a prequel to the 2014 Kingsman, The Secret Service, which is the one that kind of was a big splash for director Matthew Vaughn. And then they had their follow-up in 2017, the Kingsman, The Golden Circle. If you're unfamiliar with director Matthew Vaughn, he did X-Men First Class, which in my opinion is a very well-made X-Men movie. Is it better than Days of Future Past? Probably not. Is it better than the first X-Men? Probably not. But it's a good spin on X-Men. I know it didn't do as well at the box office and was kind of a different approach to it. It was one where they added new characters that they continued later on with Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, but I was a fan of it. I was a fan of First Class. Another movie that you might have heard of from this director is Kick-Ass. He did just the first one, but it's a relatively underrated superhero movie, and I believe that's actually on HBO Max at the moment, so you can go check that one out as well. And then there's actually a lesser-known movie that I like and I'm a big fan of, and it's typically on Netflix these days, is Stardust. Has a ton of actors before they got even bigger. Has Claire Danes, has Matthew Cox, it has Henry Cavill, not as jacked as he usually is, and it has a couple other cameos in it that you'll be like, what? He's in this movie or she's in this movie? So it's a good one to go watch if you are looking for something and you're just skimming through Netflix. And if you have some time, check it out, Stardust. Now, director Matthew Vaughn has a pretty distinct style of action and how he moves the camera and how he kind of puts it in the middle of the action for the viewer. If you have already watched The Kingsman, the first one, you probably notice, wow, this is pretty unique. This is different and I like it. And a while back, I remember hearing about how Matthew was actually being considered for a Superman film. And to be honest, 
I was kind of interested in it. I was kind of interested to see the take that he would have on it, the story, and also the action. He's not as dark and gritty as some people like, but the action is usually front and center. When you think back to some of the movies that I just mentioned, it's entertainment. And that's kind of what you go to the movies for. You go to be entertained and you want the story to be connected. You want all things to make sense. You don't want things to be rushed. I mean, there's some movies that Ron and I have made fun of over the last few months that you could probably think of, <laughs> Venom. But in terms of action, you want to be entertained and you want the story to make sense. And in my opinion, Matthew Vaughn does that. He does that in all his movies. Let's talk about the cast here. Before we jump into the non-spoilers and the spoilers, the cast it's a pretty stacked cast of quality actors. I mean, they have Aaron Taylor Johnson and Stanley Tucci and just literally cameo roles. They just appear for maybe a couple minutes or less than a minute. And you're like, what? Just a cameo role? Yeah. And these two actors, I mean, you think about both those names. They have series on HBO and they have multiple action hero movies like Aaron Taylor Johnson. So it's really Amazing to see the ensemble that they have. The main actors are Ralph Fiennes, a.k.a. Voldemort. There's Gemma Arterton, who's been in a lot over the last decade. But I always remember her as the role of Io in Clash of the Titans. There's Digimon Hansu and Matthew Good, who is probably more recognizable to our audience as Ozymandias. And that's just kind of scratching the surface in terms of actors that are in this. There are a ton of other actors that are quality. And I think that kind of speaks to the director, Matthew Vaughn. His ability to get quality actors in these little cameo roles that they barely even are on screen for. It's because they know of the Kingsman and the other movies and what he does with this universe of Kingsman movies. Let's jump into my non-spoiler quick little review of this movie. So it's kind of a tamer version of the first two movies, the first two Kingsmen. There's lots of backstory, maybe unnecessary, and it's world building, which might have been on purpose. There was a lot of talk. I remember when they were talking about this prequel movie that there was a series that he was getting along with this prequel. And I remember actually Ronald and I talked about it in our first iteration of the podcast of the Movie Buffs podcast. We were thinking about, is there enough? Is there enough to build a world out of it to put more into this and so that could be why it was much tamer and why it took a lot longer to build out these characters talk about the story and in some points as you're hearing me talk about it now I'll say it was kind of slow it was kind of slow and not really the reason why I tuned in to watch it on top of that, I would say that these movies, if we're talking about the style, it's world building, the characters, they kind of have a brand of comedy mixed into it. Is it British comedy? I don't think so. I think British comedy can be kind of dull at sometimes, <laughs> but it's comedy mixed in with action and they make these little comments throughout it, historical figures and all these little sexual innuendos. And I dig it. I dig. I think it's funny. And I think that when we talk about action movies these days, I mean, there's DCU, there's MCU, there's all these different action movies that you tune in to see that have kind of a style to it. So to see someone, a director, making their own brand of it that's entertaining and fun to watch, I dig it. But I can see why some people get turned off by these movies. Now, the backstory of this movie, The Kingsman, is that it's 
the start of the Kingsman. So how did this agency, this CIA, this MI6 get started, this kind of underground group of people that helped save the world? How did it get started? And so it's set during the early 20th century. Now jumping into my spoiler review. So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, or hopefully you have already seen it and you can just continue on listening to this podcast. So the first 15 minutes are pretty slow. And I kind of said that already, how it's kind of slow, but the first 15 minutes are kind of slow. It's kind of just setting up the whole cast of villains, who these people are behind the scenes that are pulling the strings to set up the war. And it's the beginning of the Kingsman. And I'm going to go back a step now because I'm going to talk about the opening scene with an opening scene in a movie. I mean, that's usually the opportunity for the director to catch everybody's attention. That sets them up. And they're like, wow, okay, I'm strapped in. I'm ready for the rest of this movie. And this one was kind of slow. And I know I keep saying the word slow and I might be nitpicking, but when I watch action movies, I want action. I want that first scene to kind of kick me in the head and say, oh, we're in for it. And the scene was basically Voldemort's character, Orlando Oxford, his wife being shot when they were going to a place. And this happened in front of his son. There was a little shootout. And this was basically the scene that sets up the whole underlying story of how he wants to protect his son, Conrad. Why does he want to protect him? Conrad's mom died on Oxford's watch, and he wants to make sure that he does everything he can to protect his son. He doesn't want him to go to war. He doesn't want him to get involved with fighting. Doesn't want him to do all these different things because he cares about him. He really cares about him. He raises this young man that is a great fighter, that is a great gentleman, and he wants to make sure that he protects him. So that's kind of what sets it all up. This opening scene there with a little bit of shootout, a little bit of story, story building for the rest of it. Now, I keep talking about the slow play of this movie. And it's backstory. There's a lot of backstory that goes on. And it kind of took a bit to get to that first fight scene. I mean, when we watch the first ones, Kingsman and the second Kingsman, you are kind of strapped in from the beginning. I remember watching the first Kingsman with the little car scene with Eggsy's car chase scene, the music going, the car all over the place, or even his little parkour scenes. Fun. Something fun. And so it takes a bit in this movie to get to that first fight scene. It was kind of our first taste of a Matthew Vaughn fight scene in this film. And it's kind of tame. And this was Rasputin versus Conrad, Orlando, and Shola. And it's basically them three coming in at different times to fight Rasputin. And it has little flares of what we're used to, what we would expect from a Kingsman movie. But at the same time, it was tame. It wasn't as much of the camera moving, as much of the flips and all that kind of stuff that we like to see. And I mean, as I just mentioned with the other Kingsman movies, we see the jumping between cars, the crazy sword fighting scenes, all out brawls in a church. So we were kind of thinking, okay, yeah, here we go. Finally, we've been waiting for it. And we get, meh, we get a little something. That's what we get. We get a little taste. So you might see that I'm a little disappointed in that fight scene. But was it fun to watch? Of course but not to the level that I would have thought. Now, the middle of the movie spent a lot of time setting up the Kingsman network, all the little spies, all the little people that are just listening in, getting all the backstory to pass on back 
to the Kingsmen and their little network. And I don't think they're quite called the Kingsmen yet, but the, the three people that are really running the network. And you're seeing who does what. And they're continuing on with Conrad's story within the war. He, despite his dad's wishes, goes to go join the war. And it kind of helps then push the story forward. Now, with Conrad being at war, of course, Orlando, Voldemort's character, was hoping that he would get this backseat job that he didn't really do anything that was never going to see any type of war. But Conrad being Conrad, being someone that wants to help his country, wants to go fight the fight, he basically swaps uniforms with a soldier, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, and goes to the front line. He goes to the front line. And this is really where we get a fight scene worth talking about. On the front line, trenches on each side, and basically we get a fight with no guns. Yeah, no guns. So Conrad, he steps up to be one of the few to go look for this spy. There's a spy that went over to go get some information. And now Conrad is part of, I believe, eight people going to go try to find him. The spy never made it back, and they're going to go try and find him. It's pitch black, and any peep, any sound, and either side is going to think that war's back on. Back on. We're going to kill who's ever out there. Bombs are going to be exploding. So they're creeping. And all of a sudden we see some baddies, some bad guys. And they're in their toxic gas outfits. And they look at each other. And of course they have guns, but they're looking at each other and like, okay, let's brawl. They get their knives out. And then ensues this fantastic brawl between them. Minimal light, great camera movement, and really... Just a clever fight scene. Like I mentioned, there's no guns, and it's just super clever in terms of what they did. There is this big baddie on their other side that I believe has this like Thor hammer looking thing that you're like, oh my goodness, this guy is what's gonna happen here? And ultimately Conrad ends up in a fight with him, and Conrad comes out victorious. And after that, He being him, he wants to go find the spy. So he's running, 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 and he finds, he falls into this hole, and that's where he is. Boom. He finds the spy buried alive. What does he do? Throws him on his back and starts that trek back to the trenches, hoping that before the sun comes up and before anybody sees him, that he's not spotted. And as he's running in, Bombs start exploding. They see him. Guns are unleashing. The allied side's trying to protect him. The other side's trying to get him. And he makes it in. And here's where we get our big twist. Conrad gets shot right in the face. Watching it, I was like, whoa. Didn't expect that. And this is kind of what sets a lot of things in motion. Not only does it play into the underlying theme that we've been working with Orlando about how he didn't want his son to go to war. He didn't want him to go to his death. But it kind of pushes them to a point to start the whole Kingsman. So that happens in a bit. But let me quickly jump and talk about what happens after. After Conrad's death, Orlando goes into this emotional spiral. He's depressed. He's drinking. Time goes on. He's got his beard. He doesn't want to help anybody. And it gets to a point where some people believe the British have now lost the war. The pre-Kingsman squad... They were kind of spies themselves. They were getting news, trying to help out. And it gets to a point where, okay, is this it? Did we lose the war? Are we not going to do our part to help out? 
Eventually, of course, Orlando comes out of his depression and the movie continues with more story building, more background into the war and how different sides, different pieces are moving, just like on a chessboard. Piece that I'm going to go back to right now is that earlier there was established how this cast of evil baddies would influence the war in different ways. And there's one more fight scene before we get to the final showdown. And it was probably the most Matthew Vaughn fight scene. And it was super small. But there was this fight with Orlando outside the U.S. ambassador's office. And the way the camera moved up and down around all the mixtures of slow-mo, fast hands, that was on point. That was what we like to see. And it was quick, but it was really... I think a sign of, yeah, it took a bit to get to this and why, why wasn't there more, more of it? I don't know, but that was kind of a, uh, we had to wait this long to get even more fighting. Come on. Now the final fight scene, and this is really the culmination. And what I had said after to my wife was, it was, yeah, this was good that the fight scene was was good but was it enough to make up for the rest of the movie the rest of the movie being slow and i'll talk about that when i give my recommendation in a bit but it's a fight scene that you've been waiting for the kingsmen their squad they pinpointed where these baddies are where they've been hiding and they're now going to do their part to kill them we have orlando that's jumping out of an airplane of course there's a little more action involved with that but he's jumping out of an airplane and this is like Wright Brothers airplane kind of style. Uh, first parachutes to, to land on the baddie hideout, which is, of course, on top of a mountain. And the way that they pinpointed it was a scarf, a scarf in a certain type of fabric that's only created in one place. So they pinpointed, they're going in, and it's one of those fight scenes where there's different fight scenes going on. We have Orlando at the top going in to kill the main bad guy, find out who it is. They have... The other two characters at the bottom and they're trying to stop a guy that has this canister of film that has some blackmailing information about the president, I believe, on it. And they are going there to get it, confront the bad guy, help the war, all these kinds of things. And it basically ensues the end fight scene. So ton of great fighting, shooting, all that kind of stuff that we've seen in previous movies, the camera movements, all that stuff. It's packed with it. It's packed with all the stuff you like to see. And I mean... I think the most popular scene that was in this was included in the trailer where a grenade explodes and Orlando's character basically gets thrown through the side of the barn that they're in. And that type of camera movement, that's the stuff that it's so cool to see basically starting inside and ending up outside. But that continuous shot where it just looks like one and basically you go through the wood to see it. It's cool. That's the kind of stuff that is unique and different. This end fight scene ends with the big unveiling of who the bad guy who's been pulling the strings, Matthew Good, and I kind of guessed that one earlier. Probably wasn't that hard to guess, but he was always that secondhand man for England in this, but he ultimately ends up being defeated by Orlando, and they end up getting the the canister of film that they needed that had the, the blackmailing information on it and doing their part. Great. Awesome. So one of the last scenes, if not the last scene in the movie, is the team standing around a table and they're basically giving their their names, their knights of the round table names. And it's kind of cool that they tied that in. If you remember from the Kingsman, everybody has different names like Galahad, Merlin, 
Lancelot, all the different names that are given down later on, all those are part of it. So cool little piece of that. Of course, there's the shop in the movie, the Kingsman, the suit shop in it and that aspect. And we don't get to see any of the other pieces like the underground stuff. But of course, they're building towards it. But a little bit of throwback to what we saw later on. Now my recommendation. If you've seen the other two, I feel like it's one that you have to watch with it being free-ish in terms of it's on streaming. It's on HBO Max. It's on Hulu. You got to see it because you got to see how they got the fancy names, how the kingdom started, all that kind of stuff. If you haven't seen any of the movies and you're listening to this podcast, which I don't know why you would, uh, because I gave away a lot of the spoilers from the movie, I would say start with the Kingsman. So maybe tell your friends who potentially wants to watch it. Did you see the other two? If not, go watch the other two. But I wouldn't start with this one. I would start with the Kingsman Secret Service because it's fun. It's a good one that gets you a good intro into the world and kind of that style of action. That's been it for this episode of Back Day. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate our fans tuning in, listening to the podcast. Please remember to follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave us a review. Those definitely help out with more people listening getting it out there podcasting platforms of course want to show podcasts that get listens to more people we appreciate the likes the comments all that kind of stuff make sure you follow us on social media but until the next one stay buff everybody Hey listeners, host Tyler Valencia here. I want to tell you about a product I wear every day and has been a game changer for my health, Naboso Performance Insoles. The Naboso line of insoles are recommended for waking up the feet when standing at work, enhancing foot awareness, and increasing foot stimulation. I personally wear the Duo insoles, which offer the highest level of stimulation, and I can't say enough positive things about them. I used to have foot pain after sitting at my desk, working away all day, and it will make getting ready to work out a process and a half. Using these insoles has helped me, and if you want to give them a try, head to the link in the description, and then come back to share your feedback with us.